So, Ollie out, Ince in. You heard it here first. I quite enjoyed Gary Lineker calling Paul Ince out on his nonsense. He um, did, and Paul Ince laughing along with it and then crying on the inside. That was what Scott uh, from Republic of Mancunia tweeted, wasn't it? Um, the performance was terrible. I mean, the Arsenal game... I thought it was okay. Yeah, I mean, we said it last week and we talked about it. Oli said in the pre-match press conference for the Wolves game that he didn't think United played badly at all. Like, I tend to agree with him. I mean, I, th- I thought, yeah, we talked about this last week anyway. But this this game, um, the first half, I, I actually thought United were doing okay. Um, I, we're obviously completely dominant in possession and struggling a bit in the final third. Just was kind of a question of almost like I, th- I felt like something um, good might happen. But then towards the end of that half, that was when that one really big Wolves chance on the counter um, happened and Romero made the good save. Uh, and that was a bit of a worry. But generally speaking, I thought probably the second half we'll, we'll maybe impose ourselves a bit and Ollie might even make some sort of positive changes at, at half-time, as, as has happened a number of times. But actually, uh, whether it's just there were a lot of players in this team who have recently been injured or are battling injuries um, and it was all a bit of a bridge too far for, for the selection, I, I loved the starting eleven. I thought, brilliant. It was great to see that kind of v- first-choice um, Solskjaer starting eleven for the most part, with the exception of perhaps Delo and um, uh, Romero in terms of what was his initial starting eleven. Uh, so you know, no complaints there. Uh, just was a really poor performance in the second half. I thought very just insipid. I mean, lots of possession for United, lots of passes, lots of meaningless passes. Is that the right way of putting it? Just, just not penetrative moving a bit too slowly. Not the performance we've come to expect from Ollie's United. I, I don't know whether it's the injuries and players coming back or they're just feeling a bit leggy. There's been intense games over the last few weeks. Either way, yeah, just just nothing happening. Wolves had almost double the number of shots, uh, three times the number of shots on target for all United's possession uh, and and passing around midfield just didn't really ever look that dangerous. And Wolves looked dangerous a lot, didn't they? From especially from set pieces, uh, but also on the break. And uh, Ollie said after the game that you can't argue with the result. I mean, I suppose you could try and make some kind of case for United. It was just it was just so 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 flat, and uh, it'd be it'd be hard to to justify anything than a defeat from that one. And what else do we say about that one? It's uh, I, guess, I guess we have one less tournament to be in. Yeah, although that's the one I really wanted to be in in a lot of ways. It, feel, it felt well, like... It's, it's the most realistic chance of a... It was the most realistic <laughs> yeah. chance of a trophy, you'd say. Not anymore. Um, I guess uh, one of the things that we can talk about, given that... I mean, I, I, I suppose we have to discuss two defeats on the bounce. Going to be a real... Um, real interesting. I guess Watford at home uh, after the international break is a kind of ideal level of challenge, really, because it's not an intimidating level of level of challenge. But Watford are having an absolutely excellent season by the standards that they would have set for themselves. Yeah, um, in in and... the cup semi final, unlike United. Although I was thinking as as Wolves were beating us that this doesn't half hand City the FA Cup. Watford, Brighton, uh, and who who did Brighton play? someone from the lower reaches, Reading or something like that, Watford and City in the semis. 
Hmm. Well, it's very early 80s, isn't it? Brighton and Watford in the later stages of the... Alongside um, Wolves, yeah. Yeah. Well, wasn't oh, no, their last trophy remember, in like 1980 or something? I, I don't remember Wolves in the in the kind of like the period where... Because we played Brighton in the final, didn't we? And then um, right, there was the 83. final. Did Watford win it? Um, uh, or they did, did, yeah. Yeah. Didn't they the right. year afterwards? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And then we won it the year after that. Um, but we're not winning the, winning it this year. And... I mean, I, I'm certainly not worried about the glorious Ali Solskjaer revolution. Um, I would say this is by far the worst performance, and it was a bad time, um, given it's a knockout competition. It's a really bad time to have yeah. the worst performance so far. But, of course, um, you know, the, the positives have vastly outweighed the negatives so far, and, and it, it is going to be fascinating to see what the response is from the collective, really, and... and I mean, I don't think anyone really... I thought Luke Shaw was all right, but then there was the, the second goal, I guess. Um, I don't know whether... I don't know. I'm not good enough at knowing about what defenders are supposed to do to know whether he deserves tremendous opprobrium for the way he handled... Um, well, he, he was definitely bullied, wasn't he? Yeah. And, and he didn't even do the decent thing and chop the guy down. So, <laughs> yes, I mean, it's, it's not a great piece of defending, but he had a decent game overall. I mean, it's not like... It's not like any of the defenders actually played badly because I thought for the most part they defended reasonably well and Romero had a good game apart from the second goal, which you'd say, you know, perhaps he could have done better. Yeah. At midfield, it was just so insipid. And yeah. it's it, it's it's not as if they, they were even that bad. They just weren't very penetrative. And, and I guess that would have been our first choice midfield, really. And we you'd expect a little bit more. But Matic one... has been injured recently, so has Herrera. Pogba's played a lot, so you know maybe maybe one... that's caught up on them. The um the one player that I thought I would say was bad bad in that game was Marcus Rashford, who scored right at the end, and he was trying things, and you know he, he was not afraid of the ball, and and he's a young player, and he's going to have bad games, but I I I don't quite understand why Marcus Rashford hasn't had a break at some point since that second half of that Liverpool game. Mm. Um, he, he might well have he done hasn't... if, if uh, Lukaku hadn't been out and Martial hadn't been out. so Or Martial he... hadn't been out and Lingard hadn't been out. Yeah, no, I, I get that. But I feel like I feel like he should have been given a break anyway at some point. Um, I, I know it's not an easy thing to do, but he definitely needs one. He's going away with England, presumably. Um I hope he doesn't play too much in this international break. I really do. I actually cause... can't remember who England are playing. Is it? It's. Uh, is this Euro twenty twenty qualifiers? Kosovo and Bulgaria or something like that? Maybe. Is it Na- Nations League stuff? Or I don't is it know. Nations League? Who Who knows? Can't keep up. No, with well, I think the Nations League semi-finals in the summer. Right. Okay. So there and it's, it's like three days after the Champions League final or something. Something like might that. Might just. Might just be friendlies. Anyway, we could probably look this up, but. I don't know. I'm a bit. I'm a bit demotivated, to be honest. I'm a bit demotivated by that. By watching that game, uh, we're recording this immediately after the game um, on on Saturday night, and because uh, we talked a big game last week, we're like, yeah, we'll definitely get a shout out, hundred percent. And then about twenty minutes after that, it was like, oh, I'm going to China on Sunday, <laughs> but we've managed to get a show out anyway. Um, That's how committed we are. Yeah, exactly. But. Having said that, it's not actually going to be a good show. So who knows? Because I've got not much to say about that uh, that game. And I, 
let's just hope it doesn't have a major bearing on the morale around the camp. I mean, always always a shame to go into an, an international break on a sort of down note, um, the down note of two defeats on the bounce, but particularly the down note of that performance against Wolves. Um, but, you know, Watford, three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon at Old Trafford at the end of March, and we, we start... We start the project all over again and the kind of march for a top four place to see if we can get back into the Champions League, which we're still in. And we have had a draw of the Champions League since we last spoke. And uh, I mean, uh, it's probably fair to say it could have been an easier draw, couldn't it? Well, you've got to beat them all. Beat Juve and PSG so far. So now we've just got to beat Barca, Liverpool in the semi and City in the final to win it. No problem. No so problem. in the Champions League, they have VAR in every stadium, which would be a disadvantage to City, who were tremendously benefited today oh, by man. VAR not being used in the lower league stadiums. And, and, and this just doesn't make any sense because it's set up at Swansea. And, but for the sake of consistency, they'll only use it in Premier League stadiums. Work that one out for me. I mean, I was moaning about this in earlier rounds on the show, I think, but... This is the craziest anomaly. I remember the talk when VAR was being discussed and people would say, well, one of the things about not just VAR, but technology in general, is it means that there is a divide at some level of the game. There's a divide in the way that the rules are applied. Um, And I never was too bothered about that. But I think within the same round of the competition, different games being refereed under different rules is absolutely ballistically bananas. Well, especially was... as, as City are now in the semi-final and it's hard to justify it. I mean, two really, really dodgy decisions has helped them out there. Anyway, there you go. In, in, um, in the uh, Wolves game, there was a, a big VAR decision. Um, Lindelof was sent off by Martin Atkinson. Uh, not a friend of the rank cast, Martin Atkinson. Not official. He's an enemy of the podcast. <laughs> he's an um, enemy of humanity and refereeing <laughs> and football. He's, he's an enemy of Man United, anyway. That's for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, he sent Victor Lindelof off, um, but he wasn't allowed. It's like no, Martin Atkinson, you can't continue your unjustified agenda against the greatest club in the history of football. I mean, it's look, it's it's. Um, Late and there's a follow through, but at no point are Victor Lindelof's feet uh, above the ground. And um, it, the the rule is it has to be dangerous rather than reckless, and it's it's marginal whether that's dangerous really. Um, so anyway, the fourth official I, I like, didn't think it was and uh, called it a clear and obvious error. I like the way that you said above the ground instead of off the ground so as if like Victor Lindelof's feet at no point were above the ground they were buried under the ground the whole time yeah very good uh, anyway. so, so anyway I think that one got got that one right there, there were of course a couple of other ones that weren't sent to VAR a a tug by Chris Smalling who, who has never seen a wrestle in the box he didn't like and he's gonna uh, be in so much as has been as has been widely observed he's gonna be in so much trouble next season chris morling he's gonna have to learn errors of his ways well he will do when he's given a penalty uh, three times out of three in the first three weeks of the season Uh, and then um a handball uh well or not (laughs) a handball uh, when it hit the wolves player i mean i guess his hands were nearer than uh, kim pembray the other week and and that's the thing that saved him diogo dello 
He's just like, well, I know what happens now. We get up in our and a miraculous comeback and everything's fine, right? That's that's how this works. But it was not how it worked today. And nor should they have done. I thought that was very different from the Kimpembe one. And it also hit him. I mean, it hit him basically. If his arm wasn't there, it would still have hit his body. Unlike the Kimpembe one, where if he only had one arm, that would have flown past him into the top corner or, you know, wildly over the bar. Or top corner of the stand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so Barcelona in the Champions League. I mean, easily the hardest draw we could have got. I'm obviously, I don't know how anyone could in their right minds be genuinely bullish about this. Um, we, of course, beat PSG, who are a better side than United on paper. Um, Barcelona have Leo Messi, which, as we saw against Lyon uh, in the week, the insane level of just being a difference maker that Leo Messi brings. I mean, yeah. Ronaldo had scored that hat-trick the day before. He I normally think... gets one sort of muscle injury a year, doesn't he? Does he? He is does. This the, he is does. This the time? He, yeah, it's, it's round about now because he, he plays 75 games a season. So it's it's about now when the body starts to break down. So, yeah, fingers crossed, hey? Because, <laughs> I mean, he's 75% of Barcelona. Especially at the moment. Luis Suarez is falling apart which is good Dembele is injured um I mean they're still a decent side obviously I mean I guess better than decent but but Messi is is the the thing that about them that is truly special and yeah. truly intimidating now look um we're, we're I guess we're moving on from the Wolves game quickly because there's not a lot to say in there normally we're 50 odd minutes into this podcast and we're still talking about the the first game of the week <laughs> yeah 12 I, minutes I was... in and we're like let's move on quickly so and I, talk about the, the Champions is... League I mean look these are the games we wanted right so yeah absolutely. and um odds are that United go out of course of course the odds are United go out but we've seen we've seen already in this tournament that it can happen. I don't expect it to, but I'm not going to get on the downer just yet because we're all while away from that game as well. It's in April, isn't it? So uh, we've yeah, got a few weeks to build up to it first. I know exactly how long it is because I've got the week off of the home leg. Um, so I might go to that game. I might try, at least try and go to that game. I'm not sure yet, though. Um, but it would be amazing the last I was at the last Champions League quarterfinal first leg at Old Trafford. I think it's first leg at Old Trafford. Um Well and... yeah it is. Uh it is the first leg at Old Trafford. Um yeah. because City are also playing that week. Right. So we were supposed to be playing away first, but of course City get all the decisions from UEFA <laughs> or the FA or whoever it is. It's just that they, it's just the pre established rule about it's done on who finishes above who in the league the season before. Outrageous. Yeah. Um, so, listen, it's going to be a fascinating tie. It's really, it is really exciting. Um, and it's really cool to be. And as friend of the show, Cal Gildart said to me over WhatsApp, if you're going to be in a European Cup quarter final, you might as well be in a European Cup quarter final. Um, which this definitely is. And I'm sure uh, Travelling Reds are super excited about a trip with Ole to the new Camp. Uh, no doubt about it. And uh, I hope there's a decent amount of tickets and we'll get a, a good crowd there. Of course, they don't have a much of a culture of away support in Spain. So you normally get about three away supporters at, in uh, among the 100,000 Barcelona supporters. But I'm sure they will. Mid-April, the first one. Um, yeah, April the tenth, and then like April tenth and the sixteenth. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of glad they come back to back as well. And it isn't like a month between the games like there there was against PSG. 
Although that worked out pretty nicely, to be fair. Worked out all right. And some tasty other games, so Liverpool and Porto. Probably. Is that a tasty? It's weird that you said some tasty other games and then picked by far the least tasty the least game tasty in the game. Well, I was just reading them off in order. So, okay. And then I was going to say the one we probably wanted, Porto, that is. Spurs, right. City. Spurs and City play each other three times in a week, I think. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, which is interesting. And Juve Ajax, which that is a tasty game. Very tasty game. Yes, very. I mean, I think, I don't know, I asked Tom to cut it out, but I'm pretty sure that nobody would have cut it out. I was, uh, you talked about Juve's, you know, Juve being a threat later in the draw on the last show. And I said, oh, they're 2-0 down to Atletico Madrid. They're out of the tournament. Atletico never concede goals. And then Atletico, having been knocked out by Real Madrid every Champions League since 2014, were then knocked out by a Ronaldo hat-trick, which is the closest you can get to being... Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely brutal. And then lots of lionisation of Ronaldo... Um, which I can't handle. No, days. it's interesting. I mean, we we always used to say it was uh, there was something we didn't like about Ronaldo because one, it was almost like uh, playing football on cheat mode, and also he's just not a very nice guy. But we add to that now. Um, the last time since the last time we had a big chat about Ronaldo, of course, the tax case came through, so he's a bona fide tax cheat. Although, and of course, I, th- that part, like, is just. A Spanish footballer. I don't like this. <laughs> yeah, well, no, no. It's just that in Spain, they actually enforce the rules that we don't in Britain, which is uh, <laughs> if you are shifting money through a corporation overseas into a tax haven, that's income because there's only one source it's coming from. So yes. it's called IR35 in the States and something similar here and um, here in the UK. And uh, and we just don't like to enforce it because, you know, of course, we're a tax haven now post-Brexit. Or nearly post-Brexit. Are we post-Brexit? Some point will happen. Anyway. We are not. Uh, so they do enforce that rule in, in Spain. That's why all these footballers get caught and done. But, of course, there's an even more serious allegation, uh, more detail coming out in the last couple of weeks about Ronaldo's um, alleged rape, uh, which is extremely serious and very credible as well. So, yeah, plenty of reason yeah. to be very concerned about Ronaldo's lionization. Lots of excellent reporting on that for those who want to take the time to go and read it. Um, And I guess it's probably an important thing to do in terms of education rather than kind of ignoring these things for the sake of sporting expediency. Well, we've said on this show before, haven't we, talked about can can you love the man and the art? Um, Here, I, I don't know whether we love either. Yeah, I mean, he's an incredible sports person, obviously, but that doesn't, you know, I'm really bad at separating the art from the artist. Anyway, that's a whole nother, much bigger conversation. Um, have we got any Twitter questions, Ed? Yep, Paul, we have uh, at uh, current lucky 77 questions. Oh, dear. People, people. Joey Mangini says, Ollie out, question mark. I don't, I don't like, th- I do not like this line of questioning. I think it was probably uh, irony or something like that. Yeah, I get it. Um, 
Interesting question from at sound bloke. Ben Young, did Fred and Pereira deserve to be dropped? And what has Matic done to deserve to be on the pitch? I mean, I, I think that Matic, for the most part, has played well during the Solskjaer era, especially in possession. Um, I don't think he did today, but I kind of understand why he would be back in the side. I do think it's a little harsh on, on Fred in particular. I mean, Pereira's been in and out, hasn't he, even during, um, during all the injuries. Um, but yeah, Fred... Fred, I think, is was was probably a little bit unlucky to be dropped. Um, Good game although against I could, Paris Saint-Germain, and we haven't seen him since. I mean, he played against Arsenal as well, and and apart got from that mi- one, mixed reviews. I mean, yeah, yeah, played in fifty percent of the two games <laughs> since then. But yeah, um, uh, an interesting case, and and you know, I can't. When I saw that lineup, I thought it was really interesting that Solskjaer's gone back to that. Like I said, that kind of original starting eleven, and he obviously thought the players would be fit enough to do it and sharp enough to do it, and uh, probably in the end that was a gamble that didn't work. I mean, one of the things I was going to say when we were talking about the Wolves game is the reasons why that performance was no good are very interesting to me, but I have no sense of what they are. Uh, like I don't feel like I could I could really say well, this is why that collective played well, except for my only guess would be issues around injury and sharpness. Yeah, as Lucas underscore M United, friend of the show, says, was our disjointed display at Wolves due to Oli starting so many players returning from injuries at the same time? It might well have been. And maybe he just felt that this is the least of the priorities behind getting into the Champions League and winning the Champions League. And and this was the one to to, um, get some minutes in those legs. But uh, to your point previously, I I thought Matic, he has been okay, but he looked extremely leggy tonight. I mean, just, just... done um and you know all those players sort of uh, buzzing around him and and we talked about uh, what a good midfield wolves have uh, so there you go not not quite good enough tonight stanley chow friend of the show says told you ollie's putting those eggs in the champions league basket not a question <laughs> stanley not a question but you can get away <laughs> with it yes we're gonna win told you juve psg barca liverpool city greatest champions league victory ever honestly I know this is not the point of the question, but I just get such massive like fanboy itis when the idea that Stan Chow listens to this podcast. Um, at Special K underscore two three one one says, "What's more likely, Paul coming back to Twitter full time or United sending Barca out of the Champions League?" Uh, Leo Messi crying into his cornflakes is considerably, considerably more likely, Keenan. Oh dear. Benji Wood says, would City winning everything be worse than Liverpool winning the Premier League? And if so, do we need to stop wanting City to win the league? I know. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, uh, look, uh, it's super hard to win a lot of trophies. It just doesn't happen very often. City already have the uh, League Cup in the bag. They've got to be odds-on favourite for the FA Cup. I'd put them odds-on favourite for the leagues. Well, not odds-on, but... uh, favorite for the league as well just just because you know they they are hitting really good form um at the right time and liverpool are stuttering just a little bit and i think city's squad depth is better to cope with all these big games uh, and then yeah well, well, i mean look what they did to schalke they could well win the champions league Oof. quadruple it'd be sick enough we never hear the end of it of course we should preface this whole this whole um, conversation with go listen to the backers content from a couple of weeks ago where we talked about their flagrant financial doping asterisk, asterisk against all their victories forever. Yeah. And so in a way, 
them winning everything wouldn't be as bad as Liverpool winning the league because they don't count. And unfortunately, Liverpool are still a real football club. Um, at born underscore and underscore red, Jake, definitely friend of a show, friend of the show says, I said friend of a show there. Everyone's probably a friend of some show or other. Um, nowadays, you definitely know someone who's got a podcast, right? And everyone does in the 21st century. All the hipsters do. Anyway, Jake says, Solskjaer being reactive rather than proactive versus Wolves. Did that surprise you? Did he give Wolves too much credit? And I just want to say, Jake, I, I really don't agree with the premise of the question. I think to argue, in fact, it's quite the opposite. Wolves were, as they as they are, were reactive. They they sat back, waited for United's possession to break down and hit us on the break. United were yeah. attempting to be very proactive, dominated the ball, yeah. trying to create just chances. Just not very good at it, yeah. No, I mean, Keown exactly. made a similar point in BBC commentary, and I, I thought at the time, I mean, <coughs> Keown makes a, a, you know, more bad takes per minute than United were making passes, but that was one of his worst of the night. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I, I'm 60% possession, so it's just... Um, it, just weren't doing very much with it, unfortunately. Josh, Uncle Matic, underscore Love United, hate Glazer. When are United fans going to acknowledge the players that the squad simply aren't good enough? Whoa, we're back to so, this. We're back to so this. Ed, I, I think you're missing something here. Um, the, the tag L-U-H-G has been co-opted by a group of um, fanatical oh. anti... Um, well, fanatical Mourinhoites. Yes, no, that's right. Um, and And you know what? You're right about that one. So, uh, Josh, f*** off. Uh, and I'm going for another one. Andrew Bester says, why is a well-organised back three and wing-backs our kryptonite? And Which is a much better question. And, much and we better have question. struggled against this um, under Ollie. It's true. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the why is very interesting, actually. Uh, and I wonder if it's because it becomes... Because, in a way, apart from those very early games in, in against teams that we are much better than... than uh, we have looked best actually when we've been reactive. We've looked best when we've soaked up pressure and hit on the break. And the five-three-two is obviously quite a hard um, system to soak up pressure and then hit on the break. I mean, we did it against Tottenham. Uh, we we but you know he played a back three, didn't he? Unless I've gone mad, he played a back three and the diamond did for that back three because Martial and Rashford pulled them all over the place and so did Lingard. Um, and it and it worked an absolute treat in that game, uh, but apart from that, yeah, mm. it's been a it's been a, a a formation we haven't been able to counter attack. Well, ex- explain the the forwards tonight. Martial was wide, wide, wide left, and then Lingard and Rashford were basically a front two. It just felt very imbalanced. I, now, the thing about Martial being wide left was um, there, there were a number of questions actually along the lines of like. Why doesn't Martial get more criticism? Like, yeah, he had a bad game today, but it, the reason he doesn't get more criticism in inverted commas, because he gets plenty, is is that um, he's absolutely extraordinary when he's on his game and he does magical things in magical moments and people will tolerate a lot for that, and rightly so. So they should. Um, but he, yeah, it was clearly a plan that he was playing so far wide left. And I wonder if that was to try and exploit some space behind a wing back and maybe some perceived weakness on that side of Wolves' defence. But it just didn't work at all. There was no, nothing came from it. And by the second half, that had been completely abandoned as a ploy. Um, and yeah, you're absolutely right. It was it was like a, an, an asymmetrical, a very asymmetrical front three, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And and I guess part of that is there's just no natural 
player to play on the right flank and the closest is probably Lukaku. Yeah, and once upon a time, Alexis Sanchez was a right winger. He is, of course, injured now and we may never see him again. Once upon a time, Alexis Sanchez was a footballer. <laughs> oh, ouch. Daniel Dawkins says, Is Oli at the wheel in cruise control carrying too many passengers? I just... It, God, people don't half flip out after two results. <laughs> I know. Like, like, I know. It's been months of absolutely extraordinary... T- like, a week and a half ago... Pulled off the most flipping, extraordinary comeback. Literally the only team ever in the history of the Champions League, or maybe maybe even the European Cup, to be 2-0 down after the home leg to win the next leg. Well, like it hadn't been done. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and that, by the way, was almost entirely with the passengers in inverted commas. And it's... it's People are absolutely infuriating. <laughs> Never read the bottom half of the internet. Unfortunately, I lo- I love, all these I questions you, are from the bottom half of the internet. I love you, Dan. By the way, like Dan's awesome, Mike. That's um, but but yeah, it's just uh, I I just don't see that. I did I don't see that take as like all these people in the comments, like that idiot LUHG guy you were talking about earlier. People in the comments saying like, "Oh, this just proves Jose was right about the squad." What does one result against Wolves? I mean, I guess the PSG result did prove Jose was right about Scott McTominay, to be fair. But, you know... (laughs) (laughs) Just give him the manager's player of the year right now. Exactly. I'm I'm furious. I'm fuming. I wasn't really annoyed by the performance, but I'm really annoyed by the performance of 10% of our listeners, Ed. uh, Just just don't take him to heart. Today was the poorest (laughs) performance we've had. The tempo wasn't high enough and we played into their hands. So says Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Not a question to us. <laughs> His interview after the game, and I think that's fair enough. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and I, look, I think we're going to do well under Oli. He's going to get the job permanently. I, I think no United have put it out. Woodward has been briefing. Uh, he has apparently already identified the passengers that are going to get dumped. Um, and they are working on the, the players that are going to come in. So, um, yeah. And we're going to get more performances of the kind that we saw at, uh, away at Arsenal, away at Spurs, and away at PSG than the one we saw today under Ollie. And, and we should feel good about that. Yeah, and we're going to get some performances like the one we saw today because that's the nature of what it means to sort of rebuild a team, isn't it? Like, you're, you're going to get it. And, and, you know, in the early going under Mourinho when he was really struggling in that very early going that Chris Chris Vokes was talking about last week on the show, you know, I, I certainly wasn't throwing the book at him at that point um, by any stretch of the imagination. Even Van Hal, when he was struggling um, at first, you know, so this this is the first... I mean, I guess there was, there was Burnley, which was kind of... I mean, I don't think it was that bad, to be honest. Um, the, the second half against Brighton at home was pretty bad. Um... But this was really the only standout bad performance. And, you know, even PSG at home, that was kind of very understandable under the circumstances. So, yeah, a really poor performance. There'll be one or two more, well, more than one or two more like this, but way more of the other kind. Yeah. So, um, Watford next out after the international break. England played Czechoslovakia. Czechoslovakia, Czech Republic, Jesus, my... my, uh... My footballing knowledge just the twenty years out of date there. Early early eighties. Yeah. Uh, uh, back to the early eighties chat from earlier. 
Czech Republic and someone else who I've already forgotten. That's how uh, how much uh, I care about English football again <laughs> after the World Cup. <laughs> hasn't taken long, has it? Hasn't, hasn't taken long, yeah. And then Watford after that. And Watford, um, uh, by the way, played very well, I thought, in, in victory uh, in the FA Cup over Crystal Palace today. Deserve their, deserve their win. It'll be a tough game because they're, they're doing well this season. A fascinating club um, with a fascinating model that has so far been extremely successful for them and 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 a real sense of integration in the community and and genuine in sort of similar to Leicester I guess even though the ownership might be kind of you know um from away from the area or whatever the the sense that part of the job of the owner is to make the club an important part of the community that's definitely part of Watford's story um if you're interested in in more in-depth chat about Watford uh and just generally football I would recommend the TIFO football podcast um and they did an episode about Watford a few weeks ago and it was really interesting um just a kind of really detailed breakdown of what's been happening there on and off the pitch um uh and one of the things that's fascinating me about this season is how well Javi Gracia has been doing and how well he's been received because Javi Gracia's managerial career is utterly bizarre. Like, this is the biggest job he's ever had by an order of magnitude. Yeah. I mean, there there are some weird things happening in the Premier League this season. I mean, you've got Wolves who, oh, by the way, if you're looking to their finances, there's another club that financially dopes that won't surprise you one little bit. Um, they, if they weren't in the Premier League this season, they'd be uh, on the end of a financial fair play uh, penalty from the Football League quite a lot um and and the penalties are pretty steep in the football league actually so um and, and them signing a whole bunch of portuguese internationals and and watford uh, signing a no mark manager and, and doing pretty well yeah yeah absolutely um and and like really 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 well as well like given that their status they're in a, they're in with a legitimate shot of finishing 7th in the premier league which is basically top of the league for all but six premier league clubs that's right. Well, there you go. Um, I, I, I haven't got anything more to say. Have you? Um, I mean, I guess, I guess we could talk a little bit about how Watford might play. Um, that's 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 something we could do. But given that it's two weeks away, and given that I'm exhausted, uh, I don't know if I can be bothered to be honest. It's, it's all very dispiriting, it, isn't it's it? At, it's at Old Trafford. They they will be tight and compact, and and try and hit United on the break with Troy Deeney and and uh, a few other players because you know they're good at that. So, and I don't I don't think it's a, a foregone conclusion that United will win this game. Like basically, what I mean is we're we're going to have to play well to win this game. Like they they you know they they are they are a very decent side. They've picked up some very decent results. Um, and yeah, it's, it is, it is a game in which we absolutely should win. By the way, it's a game we have to win if yeah, we want top right. four. I mean, like, there aren't too basically... many games left and, no. uh, and Arsenal have a much easier run in because of course we have Chelsea and City still to play. Yeah. And home games against teams below us in the league are, are games that we absolutely have to be winning at this point. So high stakes, pretty much high stakes for every game between now and the end of the season, but annoyingly, None of them in the FA Cup. What a shame that is. Sad. Well, on that note of uh, complete an analysis from uh, us two this week, um, we'll uh, we'll bid you farewell until the after, after the international break. Uh, enjoy it. England versus some side from Eastern Europe. Shout out, Moss.
excuse me, shout out to Anthony Martial. Didn't play well today, but back in the France squad uh, on the basis of much improved performances under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Lovely to see. Good for him. Good for him. Hello, Patreon backers. And indeed, hello, everyone. Um, Out of the generosity of our hearts, and also because of a technological thing that we're dealing with, um, this bonus content is available for everybody. Um, So we thought we'd make it uh, super football focused um, and talk about the... And also, not just out of the goodness of our hearts and because of a technological failure, but also because the general tone of this week's show was a little on the tetchy side from my part. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, uh, (laughs) Yeah, you should have heard Paul after we stopped recording. Yeah, um, I mean, I may have said the, the, that the technical is... thing is that uh, we have a we have a new website, and uh, but we just moved to a new um, what do they call it framework, uh, which right. uh, caused some uh, technical issues with the um, the framework we've been using to podcast for the last. Uh, nearly 10 years so uh, just a little bit of a shift having to to take place but uh, i think it's all solved now the only thing i just don't know exactly is where the feeds go but we'll work it out yeah by the time the international break's done this is a problem that should most likely be solved um but yeah uh we wanted to talk about the champions league in a little bit more detail um the kind of non-united stuff as much as the the united stuff which if you don't normally listen to the bonus content sometimes um we'll do bits and pieces on united we'll do stuff about non-united football or occasionally we'll uh travel outside of the realm of football altogether and talk about movies or books or travel or this sort of thing though we haven't done much of that lately and we should we should have a kind of rank cars book club thing or something like that to get back to some of that i think but anyway um let's go through the champions league draw um one each game at a time and give a little preview of what we think what we think are the interesting things about that particular tie all right well it all kicks off on the 9th of april uh with liverpool versus porto and spurs versus city i mean anything other than a comfortable liverpool win in that game would be pretty un pretty surprising i think yeah um, i mean porto squeaked past roma in the last round uh, after yeah, extra really time squeaked. really yeah. squeaked and roma's not in a, a as good a position as they've been in the last few years uh, and this doesn't look like a classic porto side caveat on that one i don't watch portuguese football every week um one thing that listen this is this is something that would normally be exclusively for backers content, but everyone's going to hear this. So I'm a bit more self-conscious than I normally would, but whisper it. I thought Liverpool were really impressive against Bayern Munich, to be honest. Like that's a really impressive result. Um, and maybe, maybe Bayern Munich would just, I mean, they weren't very good, especially not in the second half of that game. Um, I was a little bit surprised by, how comfortable it ended up being for Liverpool in the end. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a, a Bayern Munich side on the slide. Although, as we as we spoke about last week, they have now gone back to the top of the Bundesliga um, and so, re, you know, regains their typical position in the Bundesliga. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, it's, it's far from a classic Bayern side, just that caveat. But, yes, it was an impressive victory by Liverpool and I'd imagine they, they're going to be fairly comfortable in beating Porto because I don't think this is a great Porto side at all. I mean, they've got a few uh, names you'll uh, recognise in Ike Casillas and Maxi Pereira and 
Uh, Ed uh, Militao, who won't be a Porto player for much longer. He's soon to be a Real Madrid player at uh, great expense, but a very, very good player. Pepe, who everyone knows, perhaps he can shithouse them <laughs> their way, his way past Liverpool. I, I don't know. But uh, they've got they've got some players you recognise. They've got some decent players, but uh, they're not great. No, they're not. And, and they're definitely... I mean, listen, anything can happen in football. Obviously, that goes without saying for anything that we're about to say, but they're definitely the the team that everybody would have wanted to draw in this round, Mm. for sure. By the the way, Ed uh, um, is. uh, I think he'll go on to be uh, one of the best central defenders um, in world football. He looks like he's got everything from what I've seen of him in the past. Uh, And I think he's joining Real Madrid for something like 50 million, which is like going right for anyone decent at centre-back these days. (laughs) It certainly is. So what's the next tie? Spurs v City. It's fascinating. um, Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure this is not the draw that Spurs wanted and probably the draw that City wanted. Um, And, uh, you know, will Spurs choke on the big occasion once again? Um, I mean, once they've just... Now now we won't even have the the, um, the, uh, LUHD crowd uh, going on about Pochettino not being good enough for United. They they didn't choke on... They've just literally just got past a massive European team who at the time were top of the Bundesliga. Like, smashed them 3-0 at home. Doesn't then count. Went it, it, wasn't won- even a, it wasn't a particularly important game because it, it wasn't even the quarterfinal. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The labels that that team gets chucked at the moment. Okay, so they can't buy a win in the league or whatever since then. And more, more power to them for not being able to do that for our sake. Um... That's genuinely now got proper tasty, the top of the league. Um, yeah. the, well, the fourth place thing. Well, but, that is, yeah, it's very tasty for first and very tasty for second, third and fourth. I mean... Or third, fourth and fifth. This is, an, this is a fascinating clash. In a way, you know, the fact that there's four Premier League teams in this is absolutely incredible. I mean, that's the first time since the first season we had a podcast. Um, or no, in fact, no, that, that's the that's the first time in the history of this podcast, Ed, that there's been four um, Premier League teams in the European quarterfinals. Um, and both the other two teams in the top six, both still in the Europa League as well. So um, the, something about the fact that all the best managers in the world are in the Premier League now. Seems to be um, seems to be having an effect. What are you talking about? Uh, Jose doesn't have a job these days. <laughs> we'll talk about that in just a second, actually. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know. I obviously City are significant favourites for this. I, it would be so nice if Spurs beat them. Oh God, that, wouldn't it? Would just feel I, I was real looking at good. the odds just as we were we were talking about it uh, earlier. Um, they are odds on. This is City to win a domestic treble. Odds on an eight to one to win the quadruple. That that seems odds, odds on to win the treble. Oh, they've already won one of them, I guess. So yeah, it's yeah. just odds on to win the double from here on out. Yeah, which I think is That's fair enough mad. because they they should be very short odds on uh, to win the FA Cup, with, given who else is in there. Yeah, and yeah, then, you know. Yeah. So it's two. That's two games where nothing crazy has to happen, and they win the FA Cup. Um, but then, I mean, I'm kind of surprised that they would be even odds on to win the league on their own, um, given how close it is at the top. But there yeah. you go. I, th- I think eight to one for, well, I mean, like odds on to win the domestic treble and then eight to one in a, 
effectively an eight horse race is um hmm. Uh, and, and well, it's saying that they're exactly par, isn't it? It's exactly par, but you know, it's super difficult. Champions League, obviously, God, great, yeah, Alanis is there, but uh, yeah, well, we'll see. Hopefully, come on, Spurs, God, yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> come on, you Spurs, Ajax, Juventus. I'm really looking forward to this one. I mean, given how Ajax played, um, talk this week, uh, unfortunately, of um, uh, Barcelona putting a bid in for Matthias Delight. Uh, Ajax now make more money out of transfers than like the entire Dutch league put together. Um, but they will of course sell if, uh, if a huge bid comes in because it's their business model. But um, uh, yeah, we'll be ashamed if Barcelona just hoover up every decent Ajax player. Um, but for the moment, they've got a very good team and uh, they're, they're going to give uh, Rapey Ronaldo a run for his money. Oh, come on. Are we trying to, <laughs> Trying to, trying to get through the bonus content without having a meltdown. <laughs> Groans as good as a laugh, they say. No, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like making light of it. Anyway, um, the from a football perspective, Ajax battered Real Madrid in that second game. I mean, they bat, they took them to school and battered them so much so that Real Madrid sacked their manager and then appointed Zinedine Zidane's jeans. Um, so you you'd messaged me to say that like Mourinho's got the job basically because that was what that was what all the press was saying and it clearly was someone was telling the press that Mourinho had got the job or whether that was Mendes or Madrid or whatever and then maybe someone was just on the phone in tears to Zinedine Zidane being like please please don't make me give this job to Jose Mourinho yeah and Sergio he, Ramos <laughs> and they gave the job to Zinedine Zidane which is. I mean, what a move by Zidane to just skip out. Everything falls apart without him and he comes back. If he... Yeah, I know, I know. To talk about legacy, there, there was a, that one school of thought that Ferguson was glad it was all going wrong at United because it cemented his legacy. <laughs> I mean, it hasn't half cemented uh, Zidane's legacy. Um, but the crime against humanity that his, his dress sense, we, we can't, I mean, obviously it's a podcast, so it's not a very visual medium. Everyone's seen these jeans. Oh Everyone's God, seen these bad. jeans. Just... The thing is, I if he was 20, I'd be like, oh yeah, I don't understand. That's fine. I'm 20 years older than him. I'm not meant to understand what young people do anymore. Um, but he's a grown man. Like he's our age. <laughs> he's like, that would be like you or I going to work in those jeans. It's, it's not okay. <laughs> no, it's really not. It's really not. I mean, you know, you do you and all that. Everyone, everyone's free to roll up their jeans as high as they want. But it's, what I mean, what a power move it was to wear those jeans to the unveiling. It's like this is how much you need me. That I not only can I wear jeans to work, which is you know, it's a power move in and of itself, but I can wear these to work. Amazing. Anyway, I always wear jeans to work. Yeah, I know, but that's a power move for you, isn't it? When I'm not wearing my budgie smugglers. <laughs> Come on. Uh, well, you do have to smuggle stuff as part of your international. Yeah, that's spying. right. That's right. Uh, don't say that too loud because you know I'm sure my uh, Chinese colleagues in the uh, Chinese security services are listening to this here podcast since they know I, I'm coming next week. That's a good point, and of course, this is not just going out to backers, so they might they might have listened. Anyway, um, that tie to come back all the way, a long way back from Zidane's jeans to that tie. 
I'm really worried for Ajax in this. I think Juventus are going to be a very, very different prospect from uh, Real Madrid. This Juventus side, obviously Ronaldo was, uh, everything else aside, Ronaldo was just bought to win the Champions League. And they've done everything they could do domestically. They didn't need to strengthen, let alone strengthen by that extent. And he's doing the business for them in that tournament 100%. Like that, that hat-trick against Atleti was, it's just pure Ronaldo wasn't it oh yeah um, I mean they're definitely favorites for this tie and and they're away first as well so you know classic Italian like get a get a nicker win uh, in in uh, Amsterdam and and yeah they'll they'll be in prime position but uh, look this is a, a night side full of um, young players and a, a few cast-offs uh, you know to bolster them uh, who I don't think will be afraid to pay football at all against this Juve side so I think it will be some very good games but I, I would expect Juve to win this one um, and it will be a more open game than um, than they might have expected against Atleti um, and and I think that's going to suit Ronaldo because you know every every bit of space he's going to enjoy yeah absolutely um, all right who's next on the docket well just a small game at Camp Nou <laughs> well, I guess we'll we'll talk about that particular tie in more detail. So we no, not at the Camp Nou first, right? Old Trafford first. Oh, Old Trafford first, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but but you know, I mean, listen, this is twenty years since ninety nine. It's Ole taking United back to the Camp Nou. This is going to be insufferable. The coverage is going to be absolutely insufferable if that is you don't like endlessly thinking about the Champions League final in ninety nine. And to be honest, Ed, I quite like it. So I guess it will be very sufferable. It will, yeah. Just uh, hope we don't get battered. <laughs> that would really spoil our plans for uh, uh, a replay of the uh, '99 final on this here podcast. Um, there's a there's a Manchester United versus um, uh, Bayern Legends game. I mean, what I was thinking about this one, and and they text me like four times a day saying, "Have you got your tickets yet? Have you got tickets yet?" I'm like, "Oh, not yet, but you know, maybe I'll go." Uh, why would any of the Bayern players take part? Oh, let's just go and relive <laughs> the worst moments of our lives ever. It's a really good point. And also, like when Carrick had his testimony and it was a, he got the 2008 Champions League, League winning band back together, minus Ronaldo, um, you kind of think, well, it's not that long ago. A lot of them were still playing. Those who'd retired hadn't retired that long ago. I'm not sure how high quality this fo- this is going to be as a football <laughs> no, spectacle. It's not, given no, it's going to be a walking pace. But I do want to see Lothar Mateus like on some crutches or something because he's like ninety, and um, and uh, Samuel Kufour has got to do a replay of his <laughs> fist pounding into. It. He's got to. Uh, this is just going to be some people that have played for Bayern Munich before, isn't it? Yeah. It's not going to be anyone that played in that game. Um, Fergie, yeah, and some managing... dude off One Direction, you know, he'll uh, put some <laughs> unlouts on his name for the game. Uh, Fergie managing United for that one. Lovely scenes. Uh, yeah, let's just hope Ollie doesn't do his knees in. <laughs> Good point. Is he going to play? Yeah, I guess be... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The ovation he's going to get. As the Champions League winning manager that he'll be by that point. Jeez, <laughs> oh, uh, don't jinx it. I, I, I don't think me making a ridiculous claim that we're going to win the Champions League from a position of tremendous tongue-in-cheek jinxes our otherwise no, no, look, likely... We, we established on last week's show that it's your fault we've started losing. So. No, it's bifurcated. Yeah. Hmm. 
and yours. Anyway, that's it. Four very high quality games and Liverpool versus Porto. <laughs> yeah, I mean, kind of kind of interesting that there's a there's an I mean, what do you you know, I mentioned the managerial thing earlier. Do you think the fact that that both uh, Arsenal and Chelsea are still in the Europa League and the whole top the whole like all the top 6 clubs in England are still in European competition this season. Do you think there's any there's a trend line working there or do you think this is just a kind of freak series of coincidences? I I'm not going to say it's a trend line. I I don't think it is yet. We'll we'll see whether it's true again next season then we can um talk about the Premier League breaking the Spanish stranglehold or something like that. But it's a, it's a very bad Real Madrid side. Uh, they got knocked out. Um United got a little bit Fortunate or just squeaked through, um, and some very good uh, performances from from City and, and Spurs and Liverpool. So you know, um, against good sides, admittedly, but I, I don't know whether we can call it a trend yet. I, I, I'd like to see the pattern over a few years. I, I would too, but I think if there is anything, I, I do think you know it has been observed for some time that that while the star players of the world aren't necessarily all flocking to the Premier League, um, there is. Uh, no doubt a kind of congregation of managerial talent at the top end of the Premier League. You know, um, so I, th- I do think that's kind of interesting. And obviously I'm talking about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer mostly. But also, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, was, little... he was born to do it, wasn't he? Uh, I yeah. think Porto should sack whoever their manager is, and I've completely forgotten who it is, uh, yeah. and appoint Jose just for this game. Honestly, like how funny. I mean, it's not funny. I, I don't know. It's kind of funny that Jose didn't get the Real Madrid job when it when it looked so inevitable that he was going to. But that looked like the craziest decision in history to appoint him in that to that job at this point. So I, I'm not surprised they haven't in a way, but it's just he must be absolutely seething. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, well, that's it for Backers content. And um, uh, everyone else um, who doesn't normally get these, uh, go to patreon.com and uh, find <laughs> us and uh, put your money in because you get high-quality stuff like this yeah, every absolutely. week. And, and actually, it's normally much better, honest. <laughs> yeah, normally, when we when people actually have to pay for it, we put loads of work in there. Let's Phone see. this one as, as we've always said, it's just it's not gonna, the show isn't going to be any better. It's just more of the show. Um, so really it depends on whether you like the show or not unfortunately some of you seem to so massive thanks to everybody that's listened everyone that asked Twitter questions even the terrible ones um, and especially everyone who chooses to back us um, and, and, and uh, uh, apologies if you have a subscribe because at some point today uh, unbeknownst to you you got 30 seconds of applause into your feed <laughs> several thousand people got this <laughs> for absolutely no reason at all just because you were testing stuff. That's right. All right, bro. Well, here's a round of applause to you for all your hard work on the website, Ed. And uh, we'll be back after the international break, after the Watford game with another show. See you then. Bye now. Bye.